listening to the Killy Shrew View podcast, the home of two clubs, one love, Shrewsbury Town and Kilmarnock FC. And welcome to another episode of Two Clubs, One Love, The Killy Shrew View. And we're on episode 24 this week uh, with myself and Rob um, at a more later time than usual as well. Usually it's done on a Sunday. Uh, we're now on to Thursday this week. Yes, uh, random it is, but um, sometimes things just get in the way. But it doesn't stop us getting in the way of talking all things Shrewsbury and Kilmarnock. And what a week it's been. A lot to catch up on. Uh, Loads of goals, last-minute winners. Plus, we're going to dive into last-minute winners uh, in the past uh, and more recent times, both with Kilmarnock and Shrewsbury. And also the importance um, of defenders and how they are crucially up the other end of the pitch rather than defending. Um, and we will certainly be throwing out a few stats which will surprise one or two people, maybe not others, but certainly did surprise Rob when I was texting him and firing him loads last <laughs> night. Wasn't I, Rob? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolute stato. Yeah, I was like a bit like a Jeff Stalin last night when I just firing all these stats at you, poor guy. Honestly, I, I, went, I went for a shower, I come back, I had about 10 notes notifications and it was there was just percentages everywhere and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> uh, more about as many percentages as there was goals for Shrewsbury in the twenty twenty three. There's been uh, there has been a lot I tell you what, talking of stats as we talked straight into it, I noticed something the other day that we're up there as the top four teams for goals in twenty twenty three across the ninety two teams. How good is that? I'm not surprised we're fucking banging him in. <laughs> not a, not mean, a, not a start I would ever compare with Shrewsbury, though, is it, Rob? Yeah, but in the three or four games leading up to Christmas, we were probably in the bottom four of a 92 in terms yeah. of goals scored. We were terrible. But it's mad, because really, it's not even just the, the, the recently. I mean, you think we, we put two in against Lincoln, three against Bolton, you know, before that period. And we were on a good little run then as well. So we just had a real bad Christmas. Um, obviously, referees didn't help the situation as well. But we certainly weren't shy of goals before the Christmas period. And we just seemed to have got over that wee Christmas period. And in, in reality, when you look at it, I think we've won six of the last nine league games, if I'm mm. right in saying. or. Mm. So it's quite an impressive record. Um, over it's in patches, isn't it? Yeah, you, and and we did talk about this crucial four-game period, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I mean, I said I don't, I'm positive that, I, and I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure I said nine out of twelve points. I would yeah, be yeah, with. I said I'd be fancy nine or ten points out because they were all in the bottom five at that point, weren't they? Yeah, and and the game I did think was going to be the one that would be a struggle would be MK Dons away just yeah. because of our record there more than anything. Yeah, and MK Dons on their day are a good passing team, and to be fair we won but it wasn't the convincing win but you know it doesn't matter how we win we'll take it but it you know they did well when we'll talk about that in a minute as well um but yeah i mean we, we haven't won there since 2013 believe it or not um yeah. crazy yeah. crazy long time uh considering the good home record we've got against mk dons um a certain tom eaves if you remember squad was that the hat trick 
no, that was well, that was against. <laughs> you know what? No, I'm sure Tommy scored a hat trick. No, 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 no. He scored two against MK Dons. The hat trick was at home to Crawley, right? And I kid you not, right? Uh, I still laugh to this day. Steve Claridge was who you know, he's like a proper journeyman. He was on like the EFL highlights, and he described Tom Eves after he scored this wonder goal in that hat trick against Crawley as like Dennis Burkamp. <laughs> <laughs> now, could you not? He said he described him as like Dennis Burkamp, and I was just like. I can't remember if he did like a, a sort of crow turn on the halfway line, ran past two or three players and then belted it in for like 30 yards or something. Um, so obviously Steve Claridge got a bit giddy and, and that. But if Steve Claridge had seen him away at Wolves the season afterwards where he missed from like five yards, then um, he, he may have questioned his judgment of him being classed <laughs> as, as like Burkamp. But hey, um yeah, that, we'll move on from that. But yeah, yeah, talk, Tommy, that was an interesting one there when you brought that up. It just uh, made me chuckle at that um, moment. But yeah, he did score a hat-trick, but it was against Crawley at home. Uh, I was definitely at that game, though, because I remember there was um, the he NK Dons game. It was in the week, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a week game. So I remember I was working um, up here when I first started. It was uh, at Tesco's. It was a night shift I was doing in the, or an evening shift. And I remember like... Um, Actual fact, I remember that game. It's weird. I remember all this, um, but Steve McGinn was on loan. Stephen McGinn was on loan at the time. Who was at Kilmarnock mm. last year? He was on loan from Sheffield United, right? His brother was obviously John McGinn, who was playing yeah. for St Mirren that night. Um, and his mom and dad popped in to the Tesco's afterwards with John McGinn. Um, obviously John McGinn at the time wasn't famous he was just some young boy from St Mirren playing football yeah and we were talking and and uh, it was to- and I just I said oh are you uh, oh John Mc- is your brother your bro-? yeah, he's like oh, my brother plays uh, for Sheffield United I was like oh he actually plays for my local team he's on loan at them at the minute and we had a conversation about it and I remember him saying oh yeah they won tonight didn't they yeah, MK Dons I was like oh that's right I-. and obviously Tommy scored that night so there you go my, yeah, uh, that's so random. Yeah, that's what I mean. And look at John McGinn now. He's like one of the... He's the captain, you know, isn't he? Well, he's yeah, still he's, a captain, isn't he? Uh, and he's he's one of Scotland's best players. So there you go. Like yeah, There's yeah. A, a very random uh, a, a random one there. That was back in 2013. So there you go. That was That is random. But yeah. Um, God, we're coming out with these stories tonight. Like these... I know. I know. Keep going. <laughs> we, we weren't. This this wasn't the plan. This 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 is how these podcasts go, and these episodes we, we just don't follow the script. Anyway, for the listeners, they want to listen to what we were talking about about late winners. I mean, I threw this conversation to you. I think last night, night before, maybe. Yeah. Um, and we we're bouncing around a couple, like, and uh, you know, for the listeners now, I straight away said McIntyre. Last minute, behind the goal, 2,000 Shrewsbury fans bouncing as that last minute winner went in. He responded back. What did you respond to that, Rob? It wasn't the winner. It went to extra time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the listeners, but any Shrewsbury fan, that felt as much as a, as much as a win. Okay, it took it to extra time, but we won 1-0 technically. It went to extra time. I'm classing that as a winner. Because in the bookies, it, it would have been a winner. Yeah, in the bookies, it would have been a winner, exactly. And I'm not being funny, but we wouldn't have got to penalties if that had gone in. So for me, no, that was no. the winner. So you can, you can, 
Don't 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 be an arse about that, Rob. Come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that is like one of my top three nah, moments. Is. Like supporting Shrewsbury away. So like obviously yeah. like a mega mega moment. Like I I think about it so often. It's sad. Like <laughs> it's, it's it's quite funny now. You you're suddenly like oh yeah, I better redeem myself. How do I how do I redeem myself from that comment last night? <laughs> no no, but you are you are right in what you're saying though. It, it, it it wasn't a winner technically, but it it felt like a winner, didn't it? It was yeah know. yeah. And it, and it's it's and that's what I'm saying is I mean moments like that you live for and and I'm not be funny right. I watch the MK Don's match right on on the iFollow, and I wondered why I bothered like because it yeah. was such a tough game to watch. I mean. I mean, it's bad enough watching it, but respect to the 250, 300 fans that actually went down there to go and watch them as well. You know, credit to every single one of them on a on a Tuesday night, you know, in January when there's been a lot of games and obviously coming out of Christmas and New Year, the living crisis we're in at the minute. So yeah. hats off to every one of them that travelled. Again, they probably thought the same. Why have we travelled down there? But you do it for the love of your team and you do it for moments like Tom Bayless did in the last minute, don't you? That's what you do. I know. You don't do it yeah. because, it, you know, you do it because because that's what you live for in football. Like, I mean, yeah. for me, there's no no better feeling than football, apart from probably getting promoted or whatever, than a last-minute winner. And it, it makes it even better when it's against the runner player sometimes, I think, when you're sort of up against it or you're not being the better team. But it's that moment of quality from Tom Bayless and, and obviously Taylor Moore intercepting that ball, you know, switched off MK Dons did for the first time probably in the match I would say uh, yeah. and and what a time to switch off and what a time for Shrewsbury to capitalise I mean it was a great finish on a straight pitch the pitch was shocking wasn't it yeah, just, um, yeah. Um, and, and and just the way um, was it Sadie who laid it off to him it was wasn't it no no um, it was it was, it was uh, Taylor Moore so Taylor Moore I mean Taylor Moore right he's had no, who, of, who played the final pass Taylor Moore. I, Taylor, oh, okay, Moore. Okay. Taylor Moore got the ball and laid it off. And I mean, Taylor Moore's actually got a couple of assists recently. I, I've been quite impressed with him, you know. I wasn't too yeah. sure about him at first, but he's actually done a steady job at right wing back. And I tell you what, he's he's. Uh, I wouldn't be dropping him anytime soon because he's had a good performance there. A couple of assists. He's got a, a good engine in him, likes to, likes to tackle. And no, I mean, and Baylor. So that was a, that was a beautiful finish as well. Yeah. Yeah, Taylor. I, I agree on Taylor as well. He's um, he, he's definitely grown on me. I weren't having him for the first few months of the season, but um, yeah, he's. I think like just his composure on the ball was was what I was worried about most. But now it's become like one of his biggest assets, and um, yeah, quite very impressed in this little run. Um, it hasn't gone unseen, you know. No, I, I and and the thing is, we we talk about a crucial like Shrewsbury have been so bad in the past for um probably the past three or four years. But I, I'd even see even when we were in the season, when we were sort of looking at getting promoted under Hurst, we were never big goal scorers. You know, when you look at the compared to teams like Blackburn and Wigan and how many they scored compared to how many we scored, um, but we always had a good defence. Whereas after that, we've always had a good defence, but not we've scored even less. But I mean, yeah. up until the beginning of December, we were like terribly, like I think, it's going the same way as last year. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, we've just seemed to have um, got into our, our stride. And, and I mean, the goals we've scored are brilliant. I mean, it's it's great to see that we've... we've The three wins that we've had, okay, people were 
argue the case they're against teams at the bottom. But last year we weren't winning those games. And not just that, we're not winning them. We're winning them convincingly. And mm. MK Dons are no mugs and they won't be there come the end of the season. They'll be mid-table. Uh, or top half, you know, they'll be maybe about 15th, maybe. I did predict they would scrape it, but see, after watching them play against us, they really did play with um, some, you know, they, they did look really good. Um, so I, I do believe they'll pull away soon with a couple of wins under their belt and they'll get some players in before next week, I'm sure. I think they signed Kai Kai today. In, in batches, that's all. Like, you know, we seem to lose three, win three, lose three. You know that, that's no good to us, really, long term. You, you know we need to be we need to be getting that consistency rather than just up and down, up and down. Yeah, no, definitely, I, I do agree. Their, their consistency is key in football. Um, but at the same point, um, you've got to win uh, football um in different ways. Uh, I believe sometimes, uh, or Shrewsbury fans will always look for the perfect result. But um, on the three games we've won, not only have we won convincingly in two of them, um, and We've also shown our grit and determination to stay in the game and also win a game ugly, um, yes. when it's not going against us. Uh, you know, when it's going against us. Sorry, like in the MK Dons away game. Um, it, to be to be fair to say, it was a daylight robbery. It probably was. We you know we didn't create much. But in fairness, MK Dons didn't create much. They had a lot of the ball, um, but we, we basically obviously stuck in there uh, with physical. Um, which is what we're good at. Um, and you just sort of play to your strengths and, and we took full advantage of that. In, and on Saturday, um, you know, against Cambridge, we obviously, you know, carried on from Burton and, and where we left off. And it's I was interested to see that in this run of games, um, Sadie, um, I, I was quite impressed with what he's, I think, set in the last seven league games, he's got five goals. So, yeah. I mean yeah. that in itself is impressive, and in the I think the four the last fourteen goals we've scored, uh, Leahy and Sadie have um, with goal contributions of eight goals and two assists. Yeah, contributed to seventy one percent of the goals. Yeah, that's, that's an incredible yeah. start between them two. I, I had a message on Sadie um, after after the Cambridge game. Um, a lad who follows me on Twitter. I don't think he's he's not a Shrewsbury or Cambridge fan. I just think he was in the area and decided to go to the game. And he was saying um, that Sadie's just a class above. Um, you know, he because actually I think he might be a I think he might be a Palace fan because he was referring to Street and um, Phillips quite a lot. And he said that while Street looks a little bit lightweight for the for the league, he sort of found his level. He said Sadie would absolutely play at a, a higher level. Um, and uh, he said he well, I echoed this actually. He said that he thinks that if Bournemouth do go down this season, he might get a crack in the Championship with them next season. I can see that. Yeah, no, uh, um, it's a similar sort of scenario when you do get players um, that do perform well at Shrewsbury. I mean. Dean Henderson was a prime example that he got a crack at a championship team, went to Sheffield United and look where his career has kicked on. You know, it's it's okay, it's not at Man United, but he's in the Premier League playing consistent football. Um he's obviously got a cap for England as well. So I'm not saying Sadie's ain't gonna be going near there, but in terms of the way the career has progressed, obviously, you know, Ben Godfrey, another example, got his chance. And you do tend to find that Shrewsbury, when they do pick a loan signing, and it's a good one, they do tend to have a good career afterwards. Um, and Steve yeah. Cottrell touched on it about the loan signings have been key this year. I think he 
there was an article that came oh. out in the paper about that. So it's interesting really to see the improvements of last year in terms of how the squad has developed. Um, we've signed players in better position. We talked about this already, how the replacements, um, permanent replacements have been top-notch. So we talk about yeah. Dunkley in terms of Ebanks, Landau and Bayless with Valor. Um, I don't know if you've seen my Bayless attempt of a song um, the other day. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um. So I'll let. We'll the, see if that gets uh, get if that gets yeah. used. It's quite funny because I've been singing that to myself, and I was like, I would love that to see that catch on, but we'll see what happens <laughs> with that. Um, if it does, I'm having copyright on that, of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So so with them two aside, you know, it, it it's great to see that. But then you also look at the loan signings. So you talked about how poor the loan signings were last year, not just Cosgrove, Cosgrove, um, but Les Bella. Um and the young boy that didn't get used from Newcastle is you know examples yeah. that they just didn't work out. Whereas this year it's been a total like transformation in the loan signing. So for me, the scouting network they've really done their homework and that, and they've really got the good loan signings in. And uh, I mean, you know what? A few weeks back, I'm like, we need about three or four players, but I'm not being funny. For me now, if we just signed the left wing back in this window, I'd be happy with that because. Same. Because the the improvements of Sadie and even Street to a certain degree has got a goal and a couple of assists recently. You know, for me, the only way a striker would come in is if Ryan Bowman was to leave. But then yeah. we've still got Bloxham, who's sitting on the bench and is a very good player. Um, I do believe if Bowman does go, we just need someone to bring in that experience. Obviously, if Udo was fit, that wouldn't be a question. We wouldn't. O'Brien's gone as well, um, so there's a big weight. Apparently, he's, well, some some people in um, uh, the crowd they, they were saying that they heard rumours he was on four and a half grand a week. Like that's a big chunk to to spread out across a couple of players, isn't it? Yeah, that's 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 good news to hear, and I don't mean that in a nasty way. Like, I mean, it's clear to see that he wasn't settled at the club, and it was it was um, no good to his career, and it was no good to us. So, um, I think you know the part in a company, if that is the case, which you know I haven't seen confirmation of that, but I think it's um, pretty much you know well known documented that that is the case um then you know four night if it is four and a half grand is on then that will certainly go a long way towards bringing in someone whether it's a permanent one um or you know because we've got to remember the transfer window closes but i don't think we need to panic there's a free window so you always tend to find when these windows happen that players get released from contracts early um, so you may find that after the window there may be some movement as well so I'm not panicking really we've got Forest Green next at home who have appointed Duncan Ferguson today yeah, which, seems, yeah. which is going to be a bit of a mad one it could say a change the way that game's now looking but it shouldn't stop us from being confident and um, going into that game because we're on a great run of form and um yeah, we just need to go in and play our game. And especially at home, when the crowd are behind us, we need to get a yeah. big crowd in there. Just for me, we just need to carry on what we're doing. because It's the last of this run, isn't it, before the, the games start on paper to get a bit tricky. So, you know, let's get, get a good win on Saturday. I, I actually think we're going to batter them on Saturday. I don't often I say that. I don't think we're going to batter them. Um, the re- simple do. fact is, if, if it hadn't been for the change of manager, then... Potentially a two or three nil win, or a three nil win. But when did he get announced today? Yeah, I'm I'm going for a one nil. 
So we might as well get the predictions out of the way. I'm going for a 1 0. It's going to be a close oh, game. No, no, we're going to batter him. But Duncan Ferguson, what's Duncan Ferguson going to come in and do? I mean, how many teams has he actually managed? Like, he, he was caretaker manager at Everton. Like, he's yeah, not for, managing for, for, for me, for me, for me, though, I think it's more not about what he's done and what he's going to do in the short term, but it's more about the players are obviously near the bottom, so they're, they're going to be fighting for points. These games are never easy. Two, they want to impress the new manager, so there's going to be a sort of buzz around the place with the players. And, you know, Duncan Ferguson, as much as he's maybe not got management material, it's just that fear of Duncan Ferguson, I suppose. From I think that's the problem, the fear. They're going to absolutely be terrified of him. They're already but in it, terrible it, form. It, it, could work, it, could work in the, it could work in two Four ways. Nil. <laughs> you know what? I wish I had confidence like you had the other night when I said 1 1 away at MK Dons and you said 2 0. So, you know what? I would happily, happily have you been uh, right on this one, but I will see it as a 1 0. I'm going to go for. Who am I going to go for to score? Because we've got so many players that are scoring goals at the minute. Um, so you, know, you, know, you, know, you know what, right? We're talking, we're going to talk about defenders and whatnot. And it, it was just such a shame because I like Flanagan. He's not scored yet, like has he? So <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go for Flanagan to be the, the oh defender to score. Yeah, it's gonna be total random. It's gonna be like a scrappy game. It's gonna be tough. They're gonna get in our faces, but Flanagan is gonna rise highest at a corner, Tom Bayless corner, and it's probably gonna be late on as well. One of those last minute winners, you know, just to add to the. Uh, the episode of what we're talking about. So yeah, I'm going to go for Flanagan in the last five minutes. There you go, one nil. I'm going to say three or four nil, and um, and I'm going to say I'm going to say Sadie gets a couple, and if I'm saying four, Sadie's going to get a couple. Uh, Rob Street's going to get one, and Shipley's going to get another one. Talking of Shipley, fucking hell. <laughs> we how have we got this far in and not mentioned that yet? Yeah, that that was. Um... What what a strike, man! I mean, it was. I was right top, behind it. Top bin, wasn't it? It was like pinging. It. it just pinged straight in. It was oh, it was beautiful. The bend he got on it, like the camera don't do it justice. I was right behind it, and as he's bent, I was like, I almost said, "What are you hitting it for from there?" And it's just whipped. I mean, the keeper didn't even move, did he? I, the keeper didn't move because he thought, "What the hell is he hitting it from out there for?" I know, I know. <laughs> he probably didn't Incredible. expect it, but no, it's great. You know what? It's it's great to see players just having a go and shooting. You know, you don't see that often. Um, Luke Lee, he will have a shot, um, but you don't see that often enough on players. Um, and and that's why I would love a left wing back to come in this window because Shipley can do that from a more central position. Um, but then you do lose Shipley's quality out wide. Um, he does create a lot of chances as well. Um, but it just goes to show that Shipley's really grown into that position. We talked about it earlier in the season and he does get caught out from time to time, um, which is only natural because it's not his position that he would play in. But look at how Luke Lee, he changed his game last year. Um, you know, he still needs to stop playing with his hair. The amount of times I could not, I was watching it at like against MK. Told you. And it was so annoying. It was like that, you know, you know, when was it um, Nadal did it in the tennis? Yeah. No one ever 
I never knew this happened for years. And then I'm watching I'm watching Wimbledon and someone decided last year it'd be great to just tell me this. And Nadal does this routine like so I'm watching Luke Leahy every time now and it does my head and I'm like, ah, stop touching your hair. Like even when he's injured, yeah. he's on the floor he, and the and the physio comes, he's he's brushing his hair out of the way and I'm like, Oh Mate, just... I told you it's ridiculous. I know. He needs to just shave it all off, like, and be done with it, man. Just no. You really think a man who loves his <laughs> loves his hair that much is going to shave he, it off? He does. You know what? He does love himself. Don't he? I bet he's one of those guys. You no, know, like bless Lutley. I doubt he listens to this. Very much doubt it at all. But if he ever caught wind of me saying this, look, you're a lovely guy. You look a beautiful guy, but you do love yourself <laughs> a bit too much. I bet he's in that changing room for ages afterwards doing his hair. Honestly, imagine him on a night out. Oh, okay, well. I mean, I bet, I bet his, I bet his missus takes quicker getting ready on a night out. Yeah, definitely. Literally, he's there with his leather jacket on and his comb. I bet he goes. I bet he takes mm. his comb in his back pocket. We're, we're only it. jealous. We're only jealous. Yeah, we, we are jealous of your fitness, your physique, and your hair. But apart, from, I mean, I mean, look at me. I lost my hair, like you know. But he's a he's a lovely looking guy, you know. He's a, and, he's, and you know what? You know what? If he keeps on scoring and banging in the goals and keep keep stroking your hair, but the minute yeah. you the minute you start playing shite, you he um, he also did it, um, <laughs> and it made me laugh because um, obviously I was I was on edge when we got the penalty against um, Cambridge, and just before he took it, he was looking at the ref, waiting for the ref, uh, the whistle. He was still doing it then. Like the man is so cool. It's no wonder he scores every penalty he ever fucking takes. Ah, I know. It's, it's like right. I'm just gonna brush me. I bet it's like a routine in it. Like Nadal yeah. when he does his serve. He's like that. Right. Roll my socks up. Bend down. My hair flops down. Roll it back up. Right nice. now, go to the left. Oh, roll it back up again. Right. Look at the keeper. <laughs> roll it again. He comes oh, to the left. He comes to the right. Luke <laughs> Lee. <laughs> his hair's fucking shit. <laughs> you know what I'll tell you what you've brought up a Luke Leahy's uh, tune I've got the Tom Bayless one um, it's it, it's good oh what the, the Tom Tom Bayless I, I hope that Tom Bayless one kicks I, you know what we should really be kicking that Tom Bayless one off away at Fleetwood or something that, yeah. that's ideal isn't it problem yeah. is Bayless ain't been playing has he Phillips has sort of kept him out the side a little bit I know but that goal's uh, that that goal is basically said to Steve Cottrell, you're not fucking leaving me out of the squad again. <laughs> well, how do you fit him in now? Because that that starting um, eleven is so settled. You know what, Ray? Um, this is no disrespect, but I would. Street's been good, but he looked tired against MK Dons, and for yeah. me, Bayless does the 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 hard work between midfield and attack, and he does support the attack well. So, yeah, um, yeah, it just depends. I mean. I don't know. Bayless. It's the only shout, isn't it, Street? Yeah, I can't. You, you wouldn't want to upset the rest of the midfield. Phillips, I'm really impressed with. Now, obviously, we, we talked about him. He's he's got so much energy in the middle. Um, I tell you, the one player. I mean, I couldn't decide on man of the match, uh, on and on the MK Dons on Tuesday. It was between Dunkley, who was superb. I mean, he's an absolute rock. Flanagan had a great game, um, but for me. Winchester in the middle as well. Wow. I Give mean, that guy a contract, man. Oh, I mean, why have we not signed him permanently? He's oh, it's so hard, isn't it? It's, so, it's like, just get the deal done. Ring up the guys at Sunderland and say, look, we, we know you don't want him. He's doing pretty shit. Even in the shit. summer. Even like, if it's in the summer. He's doing shit here in League One, but we want to sign yeah. him. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's 50 quid and a packet of Chris. We'll sign the contract yeah. now. Yeah. No, but, like we did with Flanagan. 
Exactly. Get him, get him down here. Flanagan just needs to get the Sunderland chairman by the scruff of the neck. Show him those he's, eyes he's and a that scary face. And basically say, look, he's signing that and it's as cheap as possible. Get it fucking done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't and, uh, want to be facing Flanagan on a dark alley. Yeah, I, I, I had Dunkley, to be fair. But yeah, Winchester was brilliant again. Um, he's just so calm, isn't he? Yeah, it just it just just the way he just gets the ball and slows the game down sometimes because yeah. there's, there's times in the ball in the game where you feel like the players are hurrying the ball or just clearing it anywhere, whereas he can just pick the ball out um deep and then just drag it back, do a simple pass, slow the game down, slow their attack down and 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 slow the momentum down in the game. And he did that time and time again, and then he loves a challenge as well. And I like a yeah. player that goes in with a challenge, I really do. Um yeah. it's yeah, it was brilliant to see. And it was a it was a proper it was a proper rubbish game on Tuesday, but at the same time, it was one of those games when it ended and you got that win. You thought you didn't think about the performance; you just were like, "That was yeah. that was, that, yeah. was a, that was a win." You you sort of savor. And going on to like, we talked obviously talked about MK Dons a lot there. You know, Cambridge. There's not really much to talk about apart from what a fantastic performance Lutley he put in. I know we yeah. talked about his hair and that, but. Honestly, Mr. Consistent when he, uh, you know, it, it's really bad because when he has a bad game, we probably slate him, but it's because he's so consistent and so good oh, no. that when he does have a bad game, it's so noticeable. It sticks out, yeah. It sticks yeah. out like a sore thumb, like, because he's so good. I mean, two goals, again, you can always, if people always say, oh, it's penalties and that, but the, the calmness and that, to take a penalty and have the consistency of penalties he does. I looked and... At that league, level as well. I, I looked and in League One this season, um, he has converted the most penalties and he's concert- and it's 100%, four out of four. There you go. You kind of... Yeah. I can't remember Lutley missing a penalty. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. The, the last penalty I remember is missing was Ryan Bowman away at Bolton and don't even get me started on that penalty. Man. Oh, mate, I was right behind the goal. I'm still oh, pissed off about it yeah. now. <laughs> um, but, you know, but Luke Leahy, for me, uh, he's just Mr. Consistent when it comes to penalties. You know, even his free kick taking, his set-piece quality, the, his ability on the ball to shoot, his, his tackle. I mean, he got injured. I thought he was going to get taken off and stretched off twice against MK Dons because he took some serious knocks to the ankle and it looked like he rolled it over at one point, but he just got up and carried on. I'm like, oh. I know. that guy will not be defeated. You know, he was a yeah. proper warrior. And again, he, he was probably one of the ones that didn't stick out as much as the ones I mentioned on Tuesday, but he really did put in a good performance as well. And it doesn't get noticed as much. Yeah. As he's brilliant as well. Off a ball, if um if one of the other lads do something, he's straight over there giving him like, yeah, brilliant, well done, you know, giving him an I five, little things like that, like from a motivation point of view. Yeah. Like um, there was, I don't, did you watch the the Cambridge game and I follow? Yeah, uh, no, I didn't watch it. I see, I watched the highlights back, and I and I was I also watched the game in full. The MK Dons yeah. game, I watched Anfield, but no, yeah. I didn't watch because there was this one one where Rob Streets ran sprinted for this 50-50, absolutely clattered this lad, um, won the ball fairly in a fifty fifty, and Rob Streets got up and he was like so pumped, you know, like when a goalkeeper makes a save and they're so pumped. Rob Streets like giving it to block seven English, like yes, come on, like getting the crowd up. And then Leahy, Sadie, and then Phillips all come over. This was in the middle of the game. It was like like lifting their hands up to the uh, to the crowd as if they have a bit of that. And we were like, it was fucking brilliant. That's oh, good. And it's good to see there is a lot. Of, you know what I like about Shrewsbury this season is the cohesion. It's, um, good words. It, 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 you know, it's brilliant. But the, the, the morale is there. You, you know, there's no... 
even when we've been playing poor, it, it, you never see the morale dropping at any point. And you know what? Fair play to Steve Cottrell. Right? I, I always said, I was always on the fence with him and that um, last season and that, but I thought, no, I'll stick by him. But I tell you what, there's, he's, you know, some people forget what he's gone through, don't they, some fans? Yeah. But, I mean, see the MK Dons game, I keep banging on about that because I watched it, but see when you look back at the end and he does the old going out to the fans, fair play. Like, everyone says that Steve Cottrell's a, a miserable bastard, but any fan that was there on Tuesday would have seen how, how great he was because he, he showed, you know, when they do the video, like the media yeah. team do the video. So he goes over and you can hear exactly what yeah. he's saying. He's like, oh, yeah, thank yeah, you, thank yeah. you. And he's like, oh, safe drive home. You know, safe he's just straight back. Yeah. Just doing the old like steering wheel and all that. And for me, he just, I oh, just, you know, he, he loves it. He knows he gets it, you know, and, and that's yeah. great. He gets it. You can see he's happier. Um, so, and, it, and, and see when he's happier and the players have got the good morale and we're winning, it, it, it's okay. Know, it's it's good and it's okay. And you know, I mean, I'm not going to throw names about, but see, there's certain people online, and I'm like, why are we whinging? Why are we actually? Mm. We're winning three games in a row. We're scoring goals. You know, we're in ninth place in the table, five points off yeah. the playoffs, fourteen points clear of relegation. Just let that sink in for a minute. Oh, Just no. let that sink in for a minute. And then maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, a, and maybe don't come out with a comment of, oh, yeah, but it's against the bottom teams. That's a, it's the same people who, who were giving it the big and when we were signing all these players, but we were going to run away with the league. So just pin, pinch of salt, mate, in it, really. Yeah. And it, really it, it just, it just drives me, I think, because like you've just got to be, stick that into reality. Shrewsbury are ninth in League One. Shrewsbury, yeah. we're not Ipswich, we're not Sheffield Wednesday, you know, we're, we're Shrewsbury. Like, and that's no yeah. disrespect to us. That's yeah. just that's just where we are. Like that's you know that's us. That's we you know we know what we are, uh, and and we should be congratulating at this moment in time, not getting too excited, but the fact that you know someone said to me the other day, we're five points off the playoffs. Do you reckon we'll get in the playoffs? And I'm like, I'm thinking about the playoffs. I'm just buzzing that we're ninth, and my prediction yeah. of top ten, top twelve is is on course, and we're in the mix at this time of the year. In, in with a small squad that we've got and we're 14 points clear of the playoffs so that, for me that's an achievement and we're doing out well. the cups as well he's going to help us as well it's just sole focused league and I, everyone loves a cup run but at this stage of a season usually we're in, we're still in something aren't we um, yeah. but it's good it's good I, I like the fact that it's usually Saturday Saturday or the odd Tuesday um, yeah I, I'm, I'm happy about it my only um, my only thing that the only thing that would improve it for me right now is if we just get a bit more possession because it's horrible every time, you know, the other teams have a ball. And yes, we are doing yeah. good things when we have it. But, you know, 30% against MK Dons, we rode our luck a little bit. I mean, and we and like you said, it was a smash and grab. Cambridge was the same under 40% possession and we won 5-1. It's, I mean, it, like I say, it, I'm, I'm not, I'm nitpicking, but there are games where if we're not on it and we have that percentage, we lose, don't we? Um, and yeah, that's I mean, the one thing that needs addressing. It's, it's quite interesting though, because all those games we've won in those three games, we've had less possession in all three. And yeah. it just, it, as much as like, it's, uh, yeah, I suppose it is nitpicking. Obviously MK Don's one isn't because it was a pretty hard game, but then it, you win games differently. But I, I always, 
I don't care what anyone says, but Leicester won the league with the lowest percent possession in Premier League history. Um, and they won the Premier League. And obviously they had their way of playing and it looked great. So it's about getting that fine balance and playing to your strengths. And in Shrewsbury at the moment, haven't got the ability to play a passing game like some teams, but it doesn't mean that they, they can do that. It just means that when it comes to signing the right player, um, it, it's about fitting it into that team and maybe implementing a better passing game because sometimes it is down to the quality of people we've got and playing to your strengths with the squad that we've got. Um, yeah. so there, is, there is certain limitations within the squad. Um, yeah. but I do agree that if we had a player like Nurse who's a good ball player, um, we would see, and then you had someone like Udo, who's good at holding the ball up and, and laying it off as well as his, his strength and pace up top, you would get that more um, possession in certain games. Um, but yeah, I do agree that we, we do need to strive to, to, to maybe get more possession because we are going to come unstuck in some games. We can't afford to like not, but um, at the same point, and we talked the other week about not being clinical, and that was a big word. Whereas now we are, so we are stepping in the right direction. And that's like yeah, you say, definitely. It seems like we're nitpicking, but you know, at the same point, you you do go to football to be entertained, and it can, <laughs> if you're not scoring yeah. goals, it can be a long a long game like MK Dons was even night. So yeah. you are you are right. Is yeah, you're right to point that out. Totally uh, spot on. Um, so going away from the sort of two games and that we've. we've prediction we've already mentioned about this weekend and um, we'll go on to sort of talking about Kilmarnock and that as well um, and that but um, so so yeah I'll go might as well uh, go into Kilmarnock but I'll come back and talk about goal scoring defenders which will um, we'll, we'll sort of throw the stats in that I was talking to you about and it will also talk about the Shrewsbury defenders but I mean Kilmarnock in the cup um, you know, we played a team that were League 2 top of League 2 People there at the game were getting frustrated, including me. Um, but it was well worth seeing the last-minute winner because Jordan Jones, who was a complicated player at times, has had a really sort of um, interesting sort of second spell. Um, he's just been unlucky with injuries and form, but also been in and out of the squad. Looked like he could possibly even not be here. See if someone said to me he wouldn't be here and he got sent back to Wigan, I wouldn't be surprised. But he took his chance, came on on Saturday and it, everyone will say, oh, it's only Dumbarton in League 2. But it's he, he, he proved his quality um, because the game was a real drab affair. And the way he played and zipped the ball about and got into good attacking positions to then be in that attacking position in the last minute... The ball dropped in the air. Most players would have took a touch, another touch, tried to shoot. Jones kept his eye on the ball and just volleyed it in from 12 yards in the box with defenders around him. And that, for me, was a bit of quality he needed to win the game. And, and Jordan Jones, you know, he's got his his um, doubters and people don't want him there and he's 50-50. But for me, sometimes quality like that does win games, doesn't it? And you've seen yeah. that time and time again. Uh, yeah. Rob, Be- beating um, beating lower league opposition isn't for everybody, eh? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's the thing. Everyone expected... <laughs> Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aberdeen. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but, you know, like, for me, it wasn't about... Um, it wasn't about 
yeah, you want to go and you want to win convincingly. And that, we had all the possession, you know, but it was boring. It was side to side. There was no penetration. We talk about possession, right? Now, I'd rather have watched us win 5-1 and have less possession than have 65, yeah. 66% possession, create 16 shots on goal and not score. So, you know, sometimes there's the argument for what we were just talking about, about possession, but it's about what you do with the possession. And we were just sort of like not penetrating the ball enough in terms of like, it was just side to side and, you know, anyone could pass it around and get loads of possession. That's what Derby did to us early on in the season, just passed it around, but did nothing with it. And we ended up drawing nil-nil. Um, you know, and frustrated them and they frustrated us, Dumbarton did, you know, and at the end of the day, if you can defend to a man, the other team can have as much of the ball as they want and we just didn't do enough on Saturday. So when Jordan Jones came on, he really did change the game um, and, he, and he showed his quality and sometimes, like you say, that better quality is what wins a game and, and, it, and he will start this weekend because Danny Armstrong suspended, stupidly yeah. getting sent off against Rangers in midweek. Um, but yeah, he's got a chance to shine and hopefully Kilmarnock fans will, will see um, a good Jordan Jones performance. And uh, if he does put a good performance in, um, this could be a game changer for not just Kilmarnock's season, um, but also his season as well. So I'm really, really hoping to see a good performance from him because I do like him as a player, but he is frustrating and he has frustrated me this season. So, um, um, you know, I back any Kilmarnock player that pulls on a shirt. I have an opinion about Kilmarnock players, but when they pull on a shirt and I watch them live and yeah. on the ground, I would never slate a player from the kickoff like some do. On Twitter, on here, I'll chat about players and discuss my opinions. But yeah, certainly I hope everyone that does go does get behind Jordan Jones on Saturday and you know, um, hopefully he can prove to the fans that he's worth it. But yeah, no, it was good. I, you know, it was... I didn't, you know what? I went out that ground and I, I didn't think about. Oh, we should be hammering them four or five nil. I was just You're in the hat. I, I was just, I was in. We're in the hat. And I was just pure buzzing over a last minute winner, and that's what we're talking about. No better feeling than a last minute winner. I mean, I know. Oh, it was just like it wasn't just. I mean, the the goal, the way of the game. It could have been a scrappy goal from a yard in. It could have, you know, could have come off. It could have come off his arse for all I care. It could have been an own goal. Um, but the way he won it, I think, just obviously made it even better. And um, yeah, I mean, it was great because their goalkeeper was time wasting, like, and um, he was proper doing my head, and and um, it was. Was it going to go to a replay or when it got extra time? No, nah, it just goes extra time, like. So he was proper rattling my brain, like, and uh, um, I was giving him dogs abuse, like, and he was right <laughs> behind them, and he was, he was proper taking the piss, like, you know, when a goalie gets a goal kick and then they drag it to the other side. Well, yeah. they, they, then they put it down and they thought, oh, I'll take it the other side. Yeah, so he was doing that since about like 50 minutes. Um, yeah. He went down with cramp as well. And I'm like, how have you gone down with cramp? You know, you, you know, you understand if you're a centre-back or a centre-midfielder, but you're a goalkeeper. I'd, yeah. He, he's going down with bloody cramp. And I'm like, and then it, honestly, as soon as Jordan Jones scored that, I was like giving it loads to him. Like, you know, like, get it up here. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad after I thought oh, he's, he's no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. I maybe, I, maybe I did like a few days later now, but I it was quite funny. <laughs> it's quite funny, like, because I was so, so excited and I was like, well, I watched the Scottish Cup highlights and I was watching the highlights and um, 
you can see me like just jumping up going mental like and uh, I was laughing I was like there you go there's me celebrating our last minute winner like it's the World, World Cup final um, <laughs> it's only Dumbarton in the cup no disrespect to him but yeah that's how did, that's... Um, how did uh, Morton get on at Celtic oh yeah Louise how did Morton get on you know what right fair play I stuck up for it because <clears throat> this this is what really right here go. You, you you will you will I had this conversation yesterday, right? I'll tell you, right? So they lost 5 0, but that, okay. you know, that was expected. Like it was Celtic, you know, fair dues. They gave it a good shot. <clears throat> but they, they got a penalty, right? Which, unbelievable. I kind of believe Celtic got it. was the first goal as well. So it was like, it was after, I think it was after 18 minutes, 20 minutes. And VAR gave Celtic a penalty. The, ball, the, the player had a shot. Effie Ambrose for them sort of like stuck out to block it. It hit a player, I think, behind him and then bounced up and hit his arm. So he didn't yeah. even know anything about it. So it's not a penalty. It's just like he's hit another player from behind him. Okay. And then it and then it's like and then it's rebounded back and hit the player. So he's not even looking at the ball. He's still looking at the player who's had the shot. <laughs> it's just unfortunate that the ball's bounced off someone else and onto his hand. Yeah. Um, and it's given a penalty. And I'm like, how are you getting a penalty for that? That is unbelievable. Like, you know, that is for me, a penalty is where you stick your hand out and block it. Like it's I, I'm not being funny. I if I if I'm Shrewsbury fan, I'm screaming for that all day long. But you know, but in seriousness, right, we you always talk about this and you're more considerate than me. You always say like if I'm giving if I'm shouting for that one end, am I shouting at the other end or whatnot? Yeah. You, you would be you would be sort of thinking, We're lucky we got that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you would be the other end. You'll be raging, like so. Yeah, but it, that's how I gauge it. Right, and it, it was. It shouldn't have been a penalty. It was no way a penalty. No way a penalty. But this was what this is what was more bizarre. So that game kicked off at quarter past twelve, right? And it had VAR. It's a cup competition, right? So I'm like, right, okay. I'm sitting down in my seat just before kickoff at three o'clock. And the announcer goes, and in today's game, there is no VAR in operation. And I was like, all right, okay. It's only dawned on me later on. I'm like, like, we all cheered. That was good. I thought, yeah, great, no VAR because it does our head in. But then I'm like, how in how in God's name is that fucking right? <laughs> yeah. To have no VAR in the same cup competition for one game and, and for yeah. another. I'm like Not a train strike. Where, where's the staff? I was like, I was like, what is I can't I'm, I'm actually golfsmart that no one's even Can you explain mentioned why. That. I, had that, I didn't even question it like to my head I was like I, I mentioned it to someone yesterday and we were talking about it and it's like it's the same old story about how VAR was brought in this season in November or October time when there was teams that had played more games than others so they're mm. going to get more of an advantage with VAR but whether you class VAR as, a, as a, an advantage or a disadvantage um, you would have to ask separate teams that um, but so it was on in the other games it was on on some games and not in others, mm. and I'm like, they're wrong. I don't. I'm glad VAR is off because I can't stand VAR. I think it's a bad idea. I just want it. Yeah. I just want to get rid of it. But in the same token, Celtic wouldn't have got that penalty if VAR yeah. wasn't in operation. So, um, for me, I just think it's bloody ridiculous how that one it was given as a penalty, but two, the biggest worry is that how, you know. That is a case because imagine if like there it's a close game and it's a one nil or something and they got through because of VAR and yet then a decision went in a game where it was a close game 
but it didn't have VAR up in operation. Well, look at the semi-final, mate. When that, that you should have got that penalty. It's the same thing. I, I call it big club privilege. I do. Uh, so it does. It does feel like that. I'm not going to pin it on that because um, people go, "Oh no, it's not." But you know what? It just for me, it's all about consistency. It's all about um, having it in one and another. It's a, it's the same competition in that you know it's not as if Kilmarnock are a non-league club or whatnot. They um, it, you know Celtic were playing Morton who don't have VAR. Kilmarnock were playing Dumbarton who don't have VAR. But yet Kilmarnock and Celtic were both at home and they play with VAR in the Premier League. So there's no yeah. reason why the VAR should not be in operation. I get that non-league clubs don't have it. So any non-league clubs playing at home they wouldn't have it in 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 in, in working yeah. order. So I get that. But but to not have it at some games in the Premier League, you know, Premier League clubs like ourselves, and I, I just find baffling and I would love to know the reason why. Um I can only assume there was not enough officials, but you know. Maybe they're on holiday. I don't know, but they said they were, they were certainly on holiday at Hamden a few weeks ago. They left early, so maybe they put in leave for the last half an hour. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But you know, we could talk about bloody VAR all day. But no, come on, it got through last minute winner. I mean, I love last minute winners, like I said there. Now we talked about one with Shrewsbury, Michael McIntyre, Kilmarnock, I mean, two that stick out of my. Did you just say Michael McIntyre? Who? Imagine that a, a, a twenty-yard strike from Michael well, McIntyre. I might have just heard that. But I'm sure you just said Michael McIntyre. Well, well, you know what, Michael McIntyre. That's brilliant. <laughs> oh, can you imagine that Michael McIntyre scores and then does his uh, what's it? What's his game? Spin the wheel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh fucking that's funny. Michael fucking McIntyre. Oh, <laughs> dear me. So um, <laughs> that's that's just proper got me. So basically, what I was saying was that we talked about Michael. Oh God, I've done it again. You just got me going. I, I, you know what? I swear I didn't say that, and now you've got me saying it. Oh, like. Just going to say McIntyre there. I'm not even yeah, saying yeah. he's not. He's not even. He doesn't even deserve his first name anymore. So, yeah. so McIntyre. Um. Yeah, we talked about him, and obviously we've talked about um, you know, obviously Kilmarnock there. But Kilmarnock for me, you know, we've had Brophy in the last minute under Clark with a penalty. Um, when I was in um, Spain. Uh, so I missed the game, but watching it in Spain, last minute winner, getting us into Europe. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, the scenes in Kilmarnock from people that tell me how great it was. You know, it's just for me that you kind of beat, you kind of, I mean, beating Rangers is great. Last minute is brilliant. Getting into Europe, I mean, last day of the season, that's that's unbelievable. Um, so that sticks out as as one, and also it wasn't a last minute. But it's it you know it was the cup final against Celtic at Hamden, one of my first games. It was the eighty fifth, eighty sixth minute. Um, obviously nil nil, and then we score a late winner. So that that again, pandemonium in the stands at Hamden, unbelievable. And you know, also another last minute winner was Stuart Finlay, who now plays for Oxford. He scored a header in the last minute against Celtic, and when we won two one, um. Again, you know, what reminds me most about this one was Chris Burke wanted to stick it in the corner, right? So he's taken the corner. Mm. Everyone's in the box, like, going for the corner. He's wanting to play it in the corner for a draw because it's Celtic at home, and it's like, well, it's 1-1. This is a great point. 
everyone's like, nah, swing it in the box. So Burke's like going, he's raging. He's like, nah, pointing the place, getting the corner. Ref's telling him to play on. So he swings the ball in and Finley just jumps in and scores. <laughs> Honest to God, it's like, you just couldn't write it. And it was, <laughs> uh, for me, those are three games that stick out in my mind. Um, any listeners who listen to this, obviously there'll be people that support Kilmarnock a lot longer than me. Um, give us a shout on what what sticks out, whether it was like a late winner, a draw, you know. Because I mean, for me, like I say, last minute goals just it's what you live for in it. Football sometimes you you have all the the shite in between, and you don't have many good times. But when you do get last minute winners and that, it's it 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 makes football worthwhile, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it gives you momentum as well going into the next game. It doesn't matter how bad your run is going, whether you're in good form or bad form, that it just breeds positivity, doesn't it, throughout the club? Oh, yeah, definitely. And and, and sometimes it takes a last-minute goal when you're on a bit of poor run to then get you onto a good run as yeah. well. And it does, it does get the fans excited and brings them back for the next game as well. So, yes, it, and I always, I always think that the night games are the best when it happens as well. Um, yeah, I remember Shrewsbury. I mean, I'll let you shout out some, but it wasn't a win, but it felt like a win because it kept our unbeaten home run going. Which yeah, extended yeah. Like 34, 35 games. I think it was Oxford at home, and Matt it was, yeah, yeah, just absolutely smashed home this goal from oh. Um, 40 yards? 40 yards, uh, easily 40 yards. Yeah. I mean... Our, our, he had no right to hit it from there, really. Uh, no, it was just, it was, it was disgusting behaviour from him. He shouldn't have even attempted <laughs> it. It was, it was wrong, you know, he was, it was outrageous, but I actually quite liked him. He was a good, tidy player, scored a few yeah. goals and yeah, he was... He definitely didn't mess with his hair during the game. No, he, he had no time, you know, he was... Or know. hair. <laughs> no, he um he may have uh, polished it at half time, but yeah, he certainly he certainly <laughs> didn't, didn't have time to play with it. Um, yeah, so so I've mentioned a few there. Obviously, I mentioned some Kilmarnock ones. I've mentioned one or two uh, Shrewsbury ones. Um, we've had a few this season. Um, with Bolton and yeah. the Exeter at home. Basically, uh, any goal that Trey Dunkley scores. <laughs> yeah, basically any game that ends three two. Um, that's in the last minute, and Shay Donkley heads it in, and yeah, yeah. Um, and even when we don't score last minute winners, um, in a narrow win, he'll still score in the last minute because that's what he yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I um, I mean, I actually the first one I wrote down, and this was um, because we say last minute winners, but the most recent one that hurt the most was the Sunderland thing. I'll go into a few Shrewsbury ones in a minute, but just being on the other side of it, it fucking hurts, doesn't it? And, oh, and yeah. not, you know, we conceded twice, um, you know, in injury time after the board's gone up. And, you know, you just look at that away end and you just, I mean, as horrible as it was, I mean, it was, it was like absolute limbs on it. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to like sort of, pick one recently that we were on the end, other end of as well, just to sort of emphasise how horrible it can be. Yeah, um, it's, know, it's, it's, it. it's, it's true because you do, you do, you don't, you, you sometimes don't realise when, you, when you're in that sort of um, emotion and, and the limbs are going on, you don't mm. really sort of um, appreciate it at the time. You're just sort of going absolutely mental. And it's only when you get home and reflect on it. Whereas you are right, when you're actually watching it, open up in front of you uh, on the flip side of it like Sunderland uh, uh, you see could you imagine you just yeah yeah, you just think I wish that was us like you know Mm. but it has been it has been and it will be again it's just um, and that's and you know what 
that's what football's all about. That's why you travel to away games um, and yeah. moments like that sometimes. You know, sometimes, you know, you go to every away game to watch your team win, but, you know, you, you do sort of have the sort of, um, I don't know, I, I, I don't know if you do, but I certainly do, is when I go to a game and I know I'm going like a few days before and it's like an away game or something, I'll have these theories in my head of what may happen. Yeah. You know, and obviously a last minute win is always one of those and, and, you know, you dream that that'll come true, and and you know sometimes it does, and it's great when it does. Yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, um, I said one to yesterday now about Morecambe away. No, not Morecambe away. Um, Carlisle away is a yeah. week as well. And we we were losing one 0 in the ninety second minute, and then I think Dimitri and Colin scored. Yeah. Um. Again. Turned it on its head. Yeah. Just. It's just unbelievable. So, it's so you... rare as well that one. If you if you're losing going into injury time and you put and you turn it around like that, that is extra, isn't it? I mean, that's so rare. Um, uh, I did have a few others written down. Some more recent, some back in the day. Um, there were a couple in the her season, weren't there? You mentioned one. If you want to mention that one, mate, be away game. Well, you mention it. It's fine because I've talked a lot, so you talk about that one. <laughs> no, it was the um, the Steph the Steph Payne winner, wasn't it? Yeah, not a very uh, popular character, but he certainly was popular that day, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, the backs against the wall the whole game. Um, I think Dino saved a penalty in that game. We had a sending off. Um, and, yeah, just rode our luck and snatched it at the death. So that was a good one. Um, we also had this one um, come to mind very easily because I actually won a lot of money on it. Um, <laughs> I should um, was um Toto Enciala late against Fleetwood that season at home as well. Um I think it was like 89th minute, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and, that. Um, I had a stupid header, wasn't it? I had 33 to 1 Toto Enciala first goal scorer. Oh brilliant. Superb. Yeah, you can't, yeah. you can't, so so there's that's the thing because there is people in the crowd who have bets on like that as well. So when it happens in the last minute, <laughs> it's yeah. even more enjoyable because you know it's pretty know. much coming in. So um Oh yeah, there's. I mean, I'm just trying to think back to like um, the conference days and that, like as yeah. well. Um, well, I had, I had one from last season. I had Udo against Charlton last season as well. Udo, when it when it bobbled yes, to him, he knocked yeah. him, and on the swivel and he knocked it past McGilvery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Aye, that's right. That aye, that's another one. God, there's so many. When that was very good. That. You know what? We've probably scored more late goals than we actually realise. Um, we've probably more scored more goals in the last 15 minutes of games. Um, I mean, I was looking at goals we scored in the last 10. I can't remember. Let me just bring up this. I don't know if I sent that over to you yesterday. but I know Sorry, we mate. Scored... I lost you for a second. Can you say that again? I said, I'm sure I sent over to you something yesterday about how many late goals we scored after the 80th minute. Um, yeah. Just yeah. trying to... So so this was it. Yeah. So, uh, so, so we've scored eight goals after the 80th minute this season in the league. That's a ratio of 24% of our goals scored. So, you know, a quarter, a quarter nearly, of goals. basically near just under a quarter of our goals have been scored in the last in the last 10 minutes or more, including mentality, mate, is just keep yeah. going. And then if you include in the 80th minute there, four of those goals um, scored have been winners against Wickham, Bolton, Exeter and MK Dons. So yeah. basically, like you said, good mentality. So. That's thirty six percent of our wins have come in the eighty ninth minute or later. Yeah, that start for me is incredible. That start ridiculous, isn't it? It's it's absolutely incredible. And like, I messaged you after that. Saying, for sorry, sorry for all the stats. <laughs> no, it's not good for the heart, though, is it? No, no, but it is. But it does go to show you that 
Um, this is this is my thing. Like, it doesn't bug me when people leave because that's their decision. But it's not, and it's not a dig at anyone that does. But what it does show that if you're a Shrewsbury fan, especially, do not leave games early, especially this season, because if you leave games early, you will be left disappointed. Yeah, the only game I left early um, this season um, was as Sunderland scored there. As soon as they scored their winner, I I was just so disgusted. I just got up and went because I knew it was done anyway. I knew it was the final whistle. So, um, hey, what about um, not necessarily a last minute winner, but a late winner was Luke Rogers against Rochdale at the Meadows to put us top of a league. Oh, he ran past about five players. And I know. Very then. Then, oh, toe, yes. Toe poked it into the corner. Rochdale one 0 Yes, that was. I, that was the last minute. I, it was. That was a great goal. I remember that was one of the very first goals I enjoyed watching live. Yeah. Um, the meadow went wild, uh, didn't it? Ah, uh, and you know what? I'm sure Derek Asamoah scored a last minute goal against someone at the meadow once. Um, yeah, I'll have to look back and see that. But I tell you what. There has been a lot of last-minute winners, um, and I'm just trying to think. I'm pretty sure. What about what about Jack Grimmer against Sheffield Wednesday in the cuff? Oh, there you go. There's another one. Jeez, you know what? They just keep popping up, don't they? I bet you. <laughs> I bet you. There's loads more that we. I think we of. scored two late in that game. Yeah, Jack Grimmers was especially great because he just ran onto it and it just sort of yeah. like he he scored and then carried on into the crowd. <laughs> There was another game where Sean Wally we won three two, but we were like two two one down going into last a couple of seasons ago, and Sean Wally scored the winner. I can't remember who it was against. Was it Coventry? Uh, I can't remember if it was, but um, yeah, I can't remember now. But um, there was a game where Sean scored the winner in like the ninety third minute. There was there was um, what there was there's one game that just came to my mind now, and it was Preston North End away in League One, and it's because it's the boy that we mentioned with a polished head, Matt Richards. So <laughs> I, I came down from for a day out in Preston. It was you know, obviously shoes we were playing them after getting promoted and big away days. I thought oh, Preston would be a good away day, mm. and uh, we won two one, and Matt Richards scored it in the last minute with a penalty right in front of me. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Wow, um, oh, that's another one that sticks out of my mind. What Honestly, about Ryan Lowe at Kidderminster? That was quite late. I can't. I didn't go to that one. That's one I didn't. Uh, go to. I remember him. But it might have been. I don't think it was like really late. I think it might have been like eighty minutes or something like that. But obviously, it was at Kidderminster. I think it was just after we'd come off. It was. I don't think it was in the conference. I can't hundred percent remember, but I think it was when we come off, and it was the first year back in in the league. And and it was over Christmas because I remember everyone singing Jingle Bells and Shrewsbury went away and all that. I'm sure Sean Worley against Crew maybe as well. Yeah, yeah. So sure that's another one as well. Jeez, yeah. oh, there has been loads, man. Oh that's... yeah, there'll be so many. But well, we you know, you know what? We'll have to do another podcast for just last minute goals. Yeah. Now this is getting yeah. ridiculous. I actually didn't think about. How this. late did Andy Cook score <laughs> against um, uh, MK Dons? No, not as late as we. No, it wasn't. Was it? It no. felt late, but it's. I don't think in hindsight it was. Yeah, we're not throwing that one in there. Come on, we, 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 we'll, yeah. we'll, leave, we'll leave that for uh, like <laughs> uh, smashing the forearm in the face, like sort of. You know, or we could just do it. Do an MK Dons podcast next. We'll just talk about it like you know yeah he's gone quiet and he our mate he was he was happy to come on last last season when they were fucking flying and and, could, and had 90 percent <laughs> possession where where is he now jonathan <laughs> yeah actual fact he got they got in touch with me to do a, a question and uh, a few questions and an answer to, to be fair but then i was telling him about how shite his pitch was and he said he didn't want to fall out of me and i was like look it was shite <laughs> <laughs> so i said but to be fair like i mean 
I don't know. I, it was for me that pitch was shite, but if he says it was good, he says he was there, and I said, I, I, I said, what the hell are they watering that pitch for? Like you know, I mean, that was yeah. There's no way it was better last season because I mean they played some lovely. Joking aside, they played some lovely stuff last I season, guess. and there's no way they'd have been able to play it on that pitch we had last night every nah. uh, night before. Nah, I mean it's quite ironic if. They water the pitch for so long, and then their mistake leads, which is a sloppy pass, leads to uh, us scoring. So, hey ho, water yeah, the pitch more yeah. often if you want. Definitely, yeah, that's all yeah. I'm saying. Uh, Who's anyway, your player of the year so far? Player of the year, ooh, that is a tough one. Um, you know what? Pennington for me, Matthew Pennington. He just, I mean, there's so many you could pick to be fair, but I just. Pennington for me sticks out because he just has a knack of scoring goals. Um, he's Mister Consistent at the back, and he never has a bad game. And I just, I just like him. So yeah, I'm gonna laugh it, mate, I'm really sorry. It dropped out for about thirty seconds. Then can you say who you picked again? <laughs> yeah, so Matthew Pennington for me is the oh, player. Oh, mate, hundred percent. Yeah, that's my pick as well. Definitely. Yeah. I was just, I was just saying about how consistent he is. He scores so many crucial goals. Yeah. Um, and I just like the guy. I just think he's a honest guy. He's a yeah. likable guy. Um, and hundred appearances. Yeah, wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, yeah, and you could you could pick about three or four, but no, for me, Pano um, is. Have you seen um? Have you seen MK Don? He's just come through um on Sky. MK Don's have signed Sully Kai Kai until the end of the season. I actually mentioned it on here earlier, and you didn't hear me. <laughs> Oh, didn't I? Maybe it was when you dropped out. It's happened three or four yeah. times during this, and I've had to like try and pretend uh, that I've heard what you were saying. Well, you do that every week anyway, so... That's what, true, that's what, true. What, what, why why yeah. change a habit of a lifetime? I know, but I do that. Normally, it's on purpose. This time, it was enforced. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, I did see that. A good sign in that, to be fair. So, and um Telford's league's just come up. They're nine points from safety. I know, it's great, isn't it? That's terrible, isn't it? Like it must be. I mean, they they were really poor last season, but they're even worse this year. Did you did you hear Wrexham won the league the other night as well because they went top <laughs> with their three stands? So like, uh, did, you, did you did you see they put a tweet out as well saying they were top and it was like a big massive like I was like oh, that's yeah. that's just embarrassing. Like you're top. It's a matter like, of time, isn't it? Yeah, I just I would just love for them to just collapse again. But hey ho. Anyway, do you, move... do you think they will though? Yeah, I think they will. I'm putting. Yeah. I'm. I, yeah, I want them to, and I think they will. So there you go. I can't. <laughs> can't stand them. Anyway, moving on. We were. I've got a couple of things we want to talk about before we wrap up. So I cannot believe when I, I looked at it, like how mad the stats are for both, not just Shrewsbury but Kilmarnock in terms of defenders. Now I'm not talking about defenders keeping clean sheets because that's their job, as Roy Keane would state quite obviously. Um, in, you, you know, do your job. Yeah, you do your job. <laughs> he saved the ball. You do your job. That's a poor <laughs> Irish accent, but there you go. Roy Keane. Um, um, yeah, he he basically uh, he just he makes me laugh. Anyway, defenders do their job. <laughs> um, that's going to be the title of this podcast now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know they, they they defend, they keep clean sheets. But for me, what was amazing was the amount of goals they've scored this year, and also what the points have led to. So we talked about we're going to read stats out and this is not just for Shrewsbury, this is for Kilmarnock as well. So poor Rob got fired as many texts this year than I sent him last year in one night. <laughs> um, because we don't talk that often unless we're on here. <laughs> and um, 
So basically, we'll go back to the stats we started talking about. So, God, it's uh, like a bloody book, this. Right. So, going on to defenders in terms of goal scoring. So, eight league goals from Pennington, Dunkley and Bennett have resulted in 24% of our goals in the league. Again, a staggering stat. So, let's say quarter of that. In you can count Shipley as well from left backs. Yeah, I'm not counting him because he scored the majority of us from midfield. And I don't I mean you could do, but I'm just counting our actual defenders. Natural position, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't want to embarrass it the stats even further than what they already are. <laughs> um in return, those goals have contributed because you, if you wanted to do that, you may as well put Leahy in that position as well then. Yeah, true. <laughs> in return, those goals have contributed to forty five percent of our points this season. How mad is yeah. that? That is ridiculous. Just, that's just crazy, isn't it? Mm. Um, and then if you think how many, how many more, more percentage of the the games or points that we've saved from their clean sheets, it would contribute to more, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, and that's not including Dunkley's. Uh, oh, I mean, then we talked about obviously. Sorry, we talked about the um, goals that Dunkley and Pennington have scored, but that's not including the goals in the cup that they've scored. As well. I mean, Pennington has got six. Uh, Dunkley's got four. Um, so that's ten goals. Bennett with his one. So that's that's eleven goals from our three defenders. And then, like you say, Shipley's even got a couple when he has played in defence. Yeah, Plymouth away. So it's ridiculous amount of like goals we have scored. And you know, even Kilmarnock are the same. So you look at Kilmarnock. Now we've only scored twenty goals this season, um, in the league, which is a very low amount. But eight of those goals have been scored from three centre backs. Yeah. So yeah. you know that's basically. Sorry, uh, sorry, I thought that 19 goals, sorry, should I say, have been scored, um, not 20. I'm giving, I'm <laughs> with that desperate for goals, I'm just adding them on randomly. So, is that nine... how many we've scored in the league this season? Kilmarnock have scored 19 goals. Oh, Kilmarnock, sorry, right, okay, yeah, no, we've scored 33 at Shrewsbury, but 19 league goals we've scored, right? 10 have been scored by three centre backs, wow, <laughs> so that's 53 percent of our yeah. goals this season have been scored by three centre-backs and then if you add Danny Armstrong who's got five goals you know we're pretty much four players have scored all Kilmarnock's goals in the league yeah. but three from centre-backs you know that's mad 53% yeah um, that's crazy it's a shame they haven't they haven't kept them out the other end uh, <laughs> um, mm. but you know eight points have been contributed as well from the 20 so that's what I was trying to talk about sorry so out of the 20 points we've got Eight points have also um, been recovered from those goals, um, in which is forty percent of our points. That's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Eight, eight points yeah. out of twenty, forty percent. I mean, so unusual. It's it's crazy, and, and you know, obviously, Shrewsbury's percentage is quite high, is slightly higher on in terms of points, but in terms of goals scored, I mean, fifty-three percent. That's just ridiculous. Over half yeah. our goals have been scored by centre back. I mean, is that, that is that a good reflection on the defenders or a poor reflection on the others? What I would say is it's it shows where both Shrewsbury and Kilmarnock's strengths are when it comes to goal scoring set yeah. pieces, and we all know that Shrewsbury are, and obviously, evidently this season, Kilmarnock have been. Um, strong and that's at set pieces and and Danny Armstrong has got five goals but he's also got four assists and yeah. that's due to his set piece taken again so you know we are a threat at set piece it's just a shame we need to get strikers in scoring and the sooner um, we do that the better but it is a worry but 
Kilmarnock have got big, big games coming up. So they've got Ross County away. So the bottom two are playing each other. Um, and then you've got Dundee United at home on Wednesday. So Is that how you played in your first game, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we need to get a minimum four points from that. Yeah. We need to really realistically get six, but I would happily take four right now if you offered it me. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to take a 1 0 win this weekend as a prediction away at Ross County. And Jordan Jones is going to score. I'm backing him to the hilt. Um, and I reckon we'll Dundee United. I'm going to go for a 2 1 win like we did in the Cup. And I reckon Vassal is going to score a double. He's going to Shrewsbury score. reject. <laughs> no, he's, actually, he's actually done really well. He's done really, really yeah. well. Um, so I reckon he's gonna, um, you know, he's gonna start bagging a couple. Uh, yeah, let's go, man. So yeah, that's. Um, I'm looking forward to the games, but no, it just it just goes to show how important we it is. Um, that we have goal scoring uh, defenders. <clears throat> um, you know, because they do add you know, key to the game. And I always think Shrewsbury have had that, really. I mean, you look at Aaron Pierre in 99 games for Shrewsbury. Um, I think he scored something like 10 or 11 goals in his career for Shrewsbury. Yeah. Which, again, is a mad stat. Like, you know, Pennington's played just over 100 games and I think he's got about 10 or 11 goals. Yeah. Again, you know, it, you know, it's great, great starts and, you know, it's it's great that we have defenders that can score goals. Joe Jacobson was another one that could score goals yeah. when he was at Tal- Langmead. Langmead when he moved back. Langmead as well. So, you know, we've always had, I think it's just something we, we've we never really sort of talked about and maybe not noticed. But when you look at it this season, it's more evident because we spread our goals around and we haven't got a focal point up front like Udo last season who was banging double figures. Um, so we, yeah. we're spreading the goals around from up front, defence, midfield. So, you know, it's good. And and it's good. That, <clears throat> the thing that it's good to see now is that we're now, after this run of games, we were usually in the bottom two or three for the lowest goal scorers, whereas now yeah. we're bang in the middle in the league for goals scored um, in the table. So that's, that's a, a pleasing... Positive thing. goal difference as well, which is decent. Yeah, it was minus six not long ago. When how plus three? It's like yeah. you know. So yeah, great turnaround as we've already mentioned. <clears throat> so before we wrap up tonight, obviously we talked about um, up and coming games, games that have been played, the importance of defenders, throwing in a few stats there, and obviously reminisced on ninety minutes uh, winners. Um, just wanted to throw a question that I sort of. Uh, put out there to the listeners and and followers, you know, last night. Now, there's a lot of bigotry that goes on up here in Scottish football at the minute. Um, There's also the, you know, which is past and present. Um, You've also had recent shocks in cup football. So uh, when Borough um, beat Hearts um, in 2019, just around COVID, just before COVID. But then you also had, um, as we (laughs) mentioned, Darvel. An absolute. I still can't believe they beat Aberdeen. And I still what, can't what level are they? Sixth tier of football. Fucking hell. So that's like Conference North. It's basically like AFC Telford beating Everton, which someone said the other day wouldn't be very hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then if you look at Telford, where they are, it would be, um, yeah, it'd be a very dull yeah. game. But yeah, that's basically, amazing, basically, that's the level you're looking at. But 
I mean, that's why I had to text you and, and ask how strong Aberdeen had gone as well. Because oh, well, they've gone strong. They were basically full strength pretty much. I mean, they had one or two players that would normally start, but then the players that were starting, um, have, they've got plenty of games in them. They had a young boy, Leighton Clarkson from Liverpool. Who's... Liverpool, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so he's gone from playing in a Champions League game from Liverpool to losing at Darvel, but that's life. Football, Such is life. Maybe it'll. Put him in good stead for the rest of his career with a bit of character building after that defeat. But <laughs> um, yeah, Darvel. I mean, Darvel population is four thousand. So wow. About that. That's uh, how big it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The pretty pretty much the whole of Darvel turned up. You know, a few Kilmarnock fans in there. But no, it's great to see in the Irvine Valleys that Darvel win. But this is got my point. You know, so Darvel, you know, can beat the Dons. Um, is it time for the old firm? Or they don't call them the old firm anymore to some, but the the big two and um, what they crave and send them down south. Is it time to change the football pyramid in Scottish football to make it more competitive and exciting brand to watch with potential new TV broadcast deals for the BBC for smaller clubs? So <clears throat> Darvel have proven what they can do, and not just that. You know, Rangers and Celtic <clears throat> is a ridiculous like there, there's. They're miles apart of like Aberdeen and or even Hearts, the third biggest team in Scotland. They're absolutely streets ahead of them. So for me, I just think they should change the football pyramids, make the leagues a bit bigger rather than this 12 teams, make it a bit yeah. bigger um, and change the pyramid for the, the, the sort of junior teams that can compete. Yeah. So that's sort of my question, really, and get a better TV deals. You know, BBC Scotland yeah. get more coverage for them because they do a lot my, of coverage. My, my, my thoughts on... Rangers and Celtic coming down here, or that this should never ever happen. Um, I like where do you where do you put them? Because then the, the only thing I say is that is Wrexham and Swansea. You know, not Wrexham. Sorry, I'm giving them too much credit there. Um, Cardiff and Swansea. Cardiff. You know, they're they're allowed in it. So that that's but where would you, this is, yeah, but my point was like where where would you put them because if you put them in the premier league then two teams have to be sacrificed and if two teams are sacrificed then two are sacrificed from a championship then do you know what i mean it's scales I just down. i just i just think you just add them in the premier league um, what gives them that right to go straight into the premier league well they've well the the thing is they've played in i suppose they'll say they played in champions league football but i, I don't know I'm not, i don't know the answers to, to that but what i say is um, i'm just looking at it from a perspective in terms of you know, Scottish Scottish football because Scottish football, you know, is is dying a death. Whereas mm. Rangers, Rangers and Celtic isn't really going to affect, you know, the English leagues that much at all. You mm. know, it's, the thing is with Rangers and Celtic, all of the best. Again, I feel like I'm slagging them here, but I'm not. Like all of anyone who's ever any good at Rangers and Celtic leaves to come to the Premier League anyway, and anyone who isn't quite good at anyone they get from the English Premier League is generally not good enough for the pre- English Premier League. Does that make sense? They so... should maybe they should maybe start in the Championship um, and, and basically, I don't know, just... I don't them. know. But yeah. why? Why Why can they just fit in the Championship when you've got all these teams like Sunderland, Portsmouth, been trying years to get back in the Championship and Celtic and Rangers can just be given a free pass? Um, I'm so I'm so anti it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no, no, no. That's fine. I, I mean, for me, it's I'm just very sort of against them being in Scotland anyway. Um, 
It's think... like Barcelona, Real Madrid. Would you stick them in Serie A to give everyone else a chance? You wouldn't, would you? I know, but it's, um, I suppose that's a. I'm just looking at the thing is there's to. It's the same argument of people saying why should Swansea and Cardiff be in the leagues? You know, they obviously what was, entered. What was point. their situation when they got? brought in did they get bring, brought in just got thrown into a certain division or did they have that's, to work their way up that's a certain thing that you probably have to look back at and see where yeah, yeah. in like but it is it is um it's an interesting subject north of the border and south and you know that it would benefit them going down south and it would benefit the Scottish game in my opinion um because I do believe that um by them going um there would be less hatred down south then you'll get proper fans in the towns around Kilmarnock and, and other clubs supporting their local team rather than going as a bus stop fan and supporting Celtic and Rangers mm-hmm. um, and they would then support the local team so there'd be more money pumped into the local teams uh, you'll get the crowds drawn back and there'll be talk of all this oh you'll miss our money but you wouldn't because you know the money will always be there for fans to come back and watch the team so and it would make it more competitive and exciting, but oh, yeah, I, get, yeah, I, I, get, I, I get I get the pros and cons to both, and it's not I'm not saying this should happen, but in reality, in a in a you know in a, in a nice sort of scenario, it would be lovely to see it happen. Um, whether that would ever happen, I never know. But you you know football, <laughs> you know, wouldn't surprise me if things like that did happen. But um, do, you, do you think in the next thirty years? If if Rangers and Celtic both still stay in the, the Scottish Premier League, do you think in in thirty years there'll be another winner of the SPL? No, and not fifty years. No, really. That's how that's how guy that's how wide the gap is. You don't actually yeah. you don't yeah. actually realize how wide the gap is. It's it's that wide. It's embarrassing, and I, I think it's just because. <clears throat> recent results and the way the game's run. Since I've been up here, I've just noticed more and more how the small teams or the other teams just don't get anything. And it's it, it see Scottish football, mm. it's all about the old firm. Doesn't matter yeah. whether you're in Ross County up north or whether you're in Kilmarnock or whether you're down south on the borders into England, you'll find it's Rangers, Celtic everywhere. It's like yeah. it's like a poison like and that's no disrespect to the two teams. They have a loyal fan base across the world and they have proper loyal fans that have been grown up in Glasgow. But then you also have people that follow the sheep and follow the crowd and also when decisions don't don't go, don't go their ways, there's pressure amongst it to happen. It's like a it's like um I think refs sort of fall in the trap of they have to give it because it's like that myth as well. So it's just it just it just for me it just it just needs something needs to happen to change Scottish football, whether that's taking them out of it, whether that's changing the pyramid with them in it. I don't know, don't have the answers for, but I would love something to happen. So it is interesting. There was actually, before I do go, so I've been way over the hour, but it's interesting. There's quite a lot to talk about. Um, there was a couple of responses to it. Um, so I'm just going to go back. So Scott Martin put England wouldn't want them and where would they go? Pretty much to what you have just said. Can't yeah. put them in I, the I wouldn't. League. I definitely wouldn't say we wouldn't want them. It's just where they fit. Couldn't put them in the Premier League as they'd have to earn it. Championship would also go nuts if they went there. And there's some big clubs in League One and Two, like Shrewsbury. No, he didn't put that. <laughs> Who wouldn't take it lying down? Ideally, let them go, but too many can of worms. 
to be fair, you know, pretty much spot on with what you've said. And I suppose I do agree to a certain point what he says. We've also got another person there, uh, Graham Orr. It doesn't solve the problem. What if Hearts or Aberdeen or another club then dominates the league the way the old firm do? Do good we point. Let them go too? Or would other clubs want to follow them to England once the precedence has been set? So a very good point also. Yeah. Um, for me, I agree what you're saying, but I don't think Hearts and Aberdeen would dominate it like Rangers and Celtic have. But then... You know, you... The other thing with Rangers and Celtic is um, they pride themselves on their Champions League football or their European football. I really don't think if they came, if they did just drop into the Premier League, I don't think within four or five seasons they'd be in the Champions League. Yeah, but then the, the, the fans do claim they're, they're bigger than they are. So yeah. True, true. <laughs> um, David Ross as well. Um, they neither need them nor... They neither need them nor we want them. Scotland is stuck with them. <laughs> Pretty much sums up. Um, what, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they should play in a mini league themselves. Um, Twenty times. Play each other every. Can we play you every week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much play every week. There you go. Um, Brian uh, Yankee says, for a long time they need to go. Then Scottish football would find its own level without the bias and bigotry they thrive on. So there you go. Pretty much both sides of the arguments mentioned yeah. there, including mine and yours. Interesting views. So thanks for yeah. for your views there on that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's just a sort of subject that I brought up on. The reason why I mentioned it was because uh, Forever and Ever mentioned on their podcast about um, you know recent um, sort of bigotry and sectarian sort of um, things coming on, and not just in at games recently, but just at um, just in in the general, um, now you you get numpties um, that think they're they're funny. Um, they don't actually realise what they're saying uh, and where they're saying it. So, and for me, I think the Lafferty situation didn't help as well. As much as it wasn't a real big thing, um, as they mentioned, it is a bit of an eye opener now, um, as well. So, it's more about cutting all that out as well. In it's. For me, I hope I think it would help the Scottish game by just getting rid of all that. But then, would they continue being like that down there? So I suppose it's not fair brushing it down to England. But at the same point, from a football aspect, I think they yeah. would benefit from it, and so would we. So yeah, yeah. So interesting. Um, something to maybe expand on uh, in the future. There. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to mention, but I'm really pleased to have got a lot of stuff uh, off our chest tonight in, in a good way. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's all positive at the minute. It's good. Yeah, I mean, Kilmarnock are through to the next round of the Cup. We've got two big games coming up, so I'm quite um, positive in terms of the way we've played against the bigger teams recently. Um, yeah, yeah. The big game, so I'm, I'm positive of positive results and Shrewsbury applying. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all good, but as football has shown, two or three weeks can be a lot of time in football and it can soon change yeah. away. So I think before we close off on the, uh, tonight's episode, it's all about, um, you know, just enjoying the moment and um, don't get too excited, but at the same time, um, don't get too downbeat because as proven recently, Things can change so rapidly um, for the better. Um, but if that's everything for now, Rob, um, then we'll leave our listeners to this. And welcome to episode 25 next week, where hopefully we'll be talking about Big Dunk losing at the Shrews. But for now, take care. 
And once again, two clubs, one love. See ya.